Hello, everybody. My name is Daniel Prince, and I'm the host of the Once Bitten podcast. This is a podcast focused on Bitcoin. It's my mission to interview as many people as I can around the different aspects of Bitcoin and help people understand exactly what Bitcoin could mean for them and for their families and for their future. I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you so much for listening. Hey guys, thank you for joining us on this edition of the Once Bitten podcast. Joining me today is Jan Klosowski from Delta Badger. Sorry, Jan, if I've butchered your name, Klosowski, maybe in Polish. Uh, this is a great insight into somebody that is building a side project out of passion. And that passion is, of course, Bitcoin melded together with the DCA approach. Or listeners, as you know, we are trying to change the language around this to FCA, Fiat Cost Averaging. Jan has built a project that is getting plugged into exchanges that is going to help you guys auto buy FCA, Fiat Cost Average, your way into Bitcoin on a much more regular basis that is possibly uh, at your disposal with other services on the exchange. So we'll get into this because Jan explains everything. And I really want to say a big thanks to Jan for one, the project you're putting together. Uh, the amount of time you've been in this space is pretty incredible. And your willingness to share these experiences. And of course, what you're building is just really impressive and very important. It's another step a huge step in the right direction. And this is going to help not just noobs, this, this, I imagine this is going to be used, well, uh, let's put it this way. If Michael Saylor would have had it at his disposal, maybe he was using it, who knows? Then I'm sure this would have helped him out and the uh, he might have got a few extra hours sleep the first couple of nights and days that he started his Bitcoin journey and entering the rabbit hole. So Jan, thanks so much, man. Really appreciate it. Um, before we get into this, you guys know what's coming. Coinfloor.co.uk forward slash bitten. Coinfloor, the Bitcoin only exchange in the UK, the oldest exchange in the UK. It's the only exchange that does a full monthly audit. I don't know why that, I mean, we're surrounded by regulations in every other aspect. Why are exchanges not regulated to prove that they hold the Bitcoin that they say they do each month? I think that would be a pretty good regulation for people to implement because we don't want any fractional reserve nonsense going on at these exchanges. If you are on exchanges, make sure you start learning about hard wallets and getting those coins into your custody because this is going to be a very important topic going forward. I'm going to do more shows on this because more questions are coming in about that topic. Now, if you're in the US, thank you, brothers and sisters over there for listening and tuning in. Swanbitcoin.com forward slash bitten. That's your place to head to. You will get a free 10 bucks to start your stacking journey. It is across all states now. I can't believe you guys are over there listening to this weird old Bitcoiner on this side of the pond appreciate all of your support and again this is a bitcoin only company doing all the things right both companies put huge effort into educational resources and make sure you're doing things 
in the correct manner and in a comfortable manner. This is what FCA, Fiat Cost Averaging, is all about your comfort and keeping anxiety levels low. Last chill at Play Shamery. Go and check them out. There may or may not be a free code for one of these games in my Twitter thread or hiding on a YouTube channel or hiding in the show notes. Keep an eye out for them. They're generally not that hard to find because uh, I want to make it as easy as possible for you guys to go and help support this project that Scott's put together. It's a brilliant game, perfect for the Christmas stockings. Let's get into this episode. Thank you, as usual, to Adam for putting this show together. At Adam Woodhams One, couldn't do it without you. At Jim Reaper Music for putting together the website. And as you guys might have heard on a few other shows, a YouTube channel has been put together. YouTube, get there, type in Once Bitten Podcast, select interviews are going up, more content will keep arriving. Let's get into the interview. Thank you so much. Hey guys, welcome to this edition of the Once Bitten Podcast. Joining me is Jan Klozowski from Delta Badger. Jan, thank you so much for taking the time, man. Thank you for having me. Well, let's let's get straight into this because uh, we've been chatting a little bit before. We've had a, a long conversation a, a week or two back, setting this up. Uh, really interested in what you're doing and uh, the, the the product that you're building. Just give people uh, a quick overview of the project of, of what Delta Badger is, and then we will get into like you know like uh, further into the show more about it. But before we get there, obviously we. Everybody's a sucker for a rabbit hole story, so we'll go through that journey. But it just just give people a, a quick kind of overview of what it is that you're trying to achieve and uh, provide the service of Delta Badger. Yeah, Delta Badger, if you know what Bitcoin is, what dollar cost averaging is, then the shortest description is Delta Badger is a dollar cost averaging bot for cryptocurrency exchanges. But if you don't know what dollar cost averaging is, you can say, it's a automation tool that allows you to automate buying Bitcoin on your exchange. Um, and you can buy a fixed amount of Bitcoin, a fixed amount of dollar, you can spend a fixed amount of dollar on a fixed schedule. And then we can explain what the, what the, why is it beneficial and what, what dollar cost averaging is. Yes, absolutely. Are we going or into that? Fiat cost averaging. <laughs> fiat cost averaging. We, we, we're trying yeah, to change the language. Averaging. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's, the, that's a good point. So basically, it's a dollar cost averaging is a conservative strategy of investing uh, that allows you to mitigate risk, risk of investing in volatile asset. If you have an asset going up and down and you don't know if it's the right moment to start investing right now, um, you can start buying, uh, you can start, start spending a small amount of money on a regular schedule, like for example, spend F, like $100 a week. And you are getting an average price from a longer period of time and you are avoiding getting into the wrong moment. And as we know, majority of people are getting interested in some asset when it's really appreciating fast and usually it's like a FOMO moment. and Darker averaging is for the rescue. <laughs> yes, it is for sure. And uh, yeah, I've had a few guests on talking about it, and I'm a big fan of this, especially for new people that are coming to the Bitcoin space, learning about it. Uh, this is the easiest, most stress-free way to do it. But but to get there, first of all, you still have to 
search around for for providers of this service. Um, there are a few out there. There's more and more coming. And I like what you've done with Delta Badger by plugging it into exchanges. So then people who already have an existing exchange account but don't have the the ability to dollar cost average, fiat cost average, excuse me, on that exchange can now. So we, like I say, we'll, we'll get down all of that good stuff uh, in a little bit. Um, let's find out though why you're here. What what led you to to build this thing? Because you know what were you doing before? Before you found where were, where were you living, and what were you doing before you found Bitcoin? Yeah, I'm from Poland, and I grew professionally in startup community. So I've heard about Bitcoin pretty early. It was 2010. It was the Polish uh, hackathon, um, Warsaw Startup Weekend. And there was plenty of uh, geeky people from around the world, some guys from Silicon Valley as well. And I've heard about Bitcoin. I got hooked, but more by the technical and cultural aspect of Bitcoin. First, it's a cool open source project, cool technology, cool idea. On the other hand, there is this whole story about anonymous uh, inventor, uh, cypherpunk movement and stuff. It was just a cool project and I got hooked. I I watched the space. I didn't invest. At the time, it was really difficult to put your hands on Bitcoin. The first time I thought about this was right before MTGOX crashed. And it's a funny story because I tried to open an account there, but I had some some issues with submitting my the scan of my ID document. I don't remember what it was. I think uh, there was some issue with either either with sending the file or they didn't accept it. I don't know, but they crashed a week later, so uh, it, it it saved me in a funny way. But probably uh, it was also a reason why I finally bought my first Bitcoin in 2016. A bit later, probably because of that, but I was watching the space. The thing is in 2015, I got really interested in economy and I looked at Bitcoin from a monetary perspective. At the time I was, uh, I started to invest on stock exchange. I was uh, getting some experiences with different assets, with Forex, with uh, precious metals. And I started to look at Bitcoin from as a investment vehicle and um, this from this monetary angle. And I started to understand more and more that from all those things right now, Bitcoin seems like the best investment really. So since the beginning of 2016, I started to buy Bitcoin heavily. And here we are a few years later, I'm still in the space. I have my own project. The rest is a history we can say. Yeah. <laughs> so, be, but as well, when you're in the startup space, you you were telling me uh, before you were working in uh, UX design, which I think is a really interesting yes. path to go down. Yes. I'm a, Could I'm you a tell UX us a little designer. about? Yeah, that's true. I missed that. Okay. So, what? Um, just for those of us that are non-technical and have perhaps not even given a thought to what a UX designer does, could you explain to us what that entails? Yeah, I think the term is kind of um, overused. I think we really should use the term designer, really. But uh, if we dive into this rabbit hole, there are the UI designers and UX designers and UX designers. And 
The difference is you may say that UX designer design how how things works, work not how they look, um, not necessarily how they look, but in real life, usually uh, it's just a designer who design um, everything. And that the UX part is uh, basically taking care about the user experience and um, making sure that the product is easy to understand um, and uh, to use. So the, the thing is with, with UX, the thing is that everybody should think about this, like a programmer, a product owner, a business person, uh, and a designer as well. So I don't understand how you can be a designer without being a UX designer, but yeah, we have this term and it got traction. So I was a UI, U, I was a designer before, and then uh -huh. I got uh, I, I became a UX designer. But basically, I was still doing the same. <laughs> right, just a just a title. Do, have you worked on anything before that we we might have interacted with, like any like you known know, apps or anything like that? I work on many projects, but the thing is, in startup uh, space, ninety percent of those projects. Um, um, are dead now. <laughs> so right. uh, recently, like if, I think a month ago, my friend um, was uh, resurrecting one of my, of our uh, past projects to because the owner wanted to show show it to somebody, and we had this a nice uh, moment of you know uh, playing with uh, with that, and it it wasn't really that old. Uh, I think it was. Uh, 2012 or something was working on it and now it's like a prehistoric past you know so right, right. now be, besides um, besides uh, delta budget my, my own project i'm working for one fintech company from lithuania it's it's zen it's it's a fintech similar to revolut you can say uh, it's right about uh, to launch right now so Maybe uh, it's too early to, to talk about this because it's not uh, live yet, but will be soon. Well, we'll get into that. I got a lot of questions around UX design because it's a big, as you know, questionable um, topic in the space. But we have been joined now by Lauren. Sorry, listeners, I forgot to Hi, explain why Lauren wasn't here. Hi. <laughs> she was. Well, Lauren, why weren't you here for the start of the show? You can tell. Um. Well, I was on my homeschooling. Uh, um, sorry. Uh, uh, my calls with my with my school on Galileo, which is online, and it's and I can do it at home. Amazing, right? And you have another one to get to in a few minutes. So yes. you've only got right. Okay, we, well, I'm sorry, Jan. She's she's only available for a few minutes. So um, so this is Jan from a company. Well, he's building a company called Delta Badger. Mm -hmm. So my question is, uh, why did you call it Delta? Badger. That's a very good question. Yeah, so uh, the short answer is it was available. <laughs> but the <laughs> longest answer is um, it's really related. There are two parts of the name, Delta and Badger. Badger is like a mascot of Bitcoin. Uh, there is a meme about uh, about Bitcoin being a honey badger. Yeah, yeah exactly this animal. Um, and Delta is related to the previous idea I had for the project. Uh, it's related to the world of uh, Bitcoin options. And maybe it's a bit uh, too complicated to explain right now. Uh, maybe this idea for the product uh, will come later. Um, 
right now I do something else, but I found the name really cool and people like it. So it's Delta Badger. Okay. Then I just remembered that the badger is the strongest African animal there, I think. I'm pretty sure. A particular badger? Yes. Which one? Honey badger. Correct. Exactly. <laughs> so delta badger is like a, like a friend of honey badger. Mm. Cool, huh? Yeah. Well, do you want to say thank you to Jan and go yeah, get on with your classes? I really need to go. What, what class do you have? Writing. Writing. Okay. Writing. Have a good time. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. That was a great question. It is a good question, actually. And do you want to get into the Delta part? Because I think the listeners might be might be interested to to hear what you said about uh, about the option side of things yeah i was like the first idea for the product was to uh, build something i was playing with the rebit it's a european exchange um, allowing you to to buy bitcoin options and i tried to build some tool to basically better option man- management like fa- basically visualizing your 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 risk um, and also better like offering better interface for that and so and delta is one of so-called greeks uh, those are basically metrics uh, for options so uh it's just related to the world of options uh, so delta budget for bitcoin option project uh, sounded right but yeah i think the the idea so the idea basically the idea for delta budget is to offer not strategies but tools for Bitcoin investors, uh, tools to manage ma- manage risk, position, money management tools, um, just um, not trying to uh, propose any particular strategy, rather to help to manage your strategy. So I think Bit- Bitcoin options and um, the idea I had before, it's still in the range of possibilities in the future. I just found that dollar cost averaging is a much more interesting project at the beginning. Uh, many people asked me about this and I, at the beginning, I didn't remember that, but basically from the, because I started uh, working on the project in the time when Bitcoin was really down and um, not so many people were interested in, in investing um, in Bitcoin back then. But I remember that during the previous cycle, I was constantly approached by people asking about, uh, is, is it the right moment to buy Bitcoin? Is it too late? Should I invest now? And I was always advising, you should buy a bit every week, every month. I didn't even know it's dollar cost averaging. I learned a bit later that is the right approach. I was doing that just because I had to, just, I couldn't, uh, I, I basically I was spending my salary on Bitcoin. So I couldn't sp- spend more on the month that I had. So I was doing dollar cost averaging accidentally and I did well. So I recommended the same approach to other people. And when I started to think about it, I, I thought that, okay, it's a great idea for the product and because you mentioned before that um, a lot of there's a lot of proje- projects right now doing the same, selling Bitcoin directly. And I think for majority of new users, it may be even the better approach. But at the same time, we have over I think 50 millions of uh, cryptocurrency exchange accounts. 
So those users are already on board. Um, they know how Exchange works. They are they are they usually uh, have their accounts verified and so on. So for them, uh, it's I think it's a good solution to start the Oracle Server on the Exchange. Yeah, I think it's a great solution for both sides because to build out the the, the service is going to take time and effort on behalf of the exchange if they do not have that available, uh, just that click auto buy option. And for for those people with existing accounts on the exchanges, if all of a sudden they can just put in one thousand pounds, dollars, euros, yen, whatever, and click to buy weekly one hundred, done, it's finished. You can you can rest easy. You don't have to worry about it, right? Your dollar cost averaging, and then when you get some extra extra money, you put that straight into your exchange account, and that just keeps going. And your bot will just keep doing the dollar cost averaging for them. Yeah. So I would like to make a comment here because many people are confused about what dollar cost averaging is, and uh, I often hear that lump sum investing in Bitcoin works better. And on paper, it's true. But in fact, dollar cost averaging isn't, it's not a strategy to maximize your profits. It's a strategy to manage your emotions mostly because yes, it's true that on paper you could do better often investing uh, at the beginning the whole sum. But at the same time, for example, you, if you want to invest really substantial amount of money into Bitcoin, you might be not comfortable into, in investing with investing 100K into Bitcoin right now, but you may be comfortable with investing 100K over two years, right? Dark cost averaging. So it's only on paper that you could do better because you wouldn't do this, right? So basically uh, long-term, you'll be better doing dollar cost averaging. On the other hand, um, if you can invest a lump sum, but then hold your position when it's going down, that's fine, but many people cannot, can't. So for them as well, dollar cost averaging is just a better approach because uh, they will be able to follow this approach and they will not be able to follow a lump sum approach. So this is what I think dollar cost averaging is all about. It's about managing emotions, not necessarily maximizing your profits. Yeah. Uh, okay, what was the name of the Bitcoin options exchange that you mentioned? It's I missed that. Derivit. Derivit, as in derivative bit. Okay. Yeah, derivit. yeah, yeah. I think there are a couple of other exchanges offering options right now, but at the time uh, I was researching that Derivit was really focused on options, and uh, they, I, I think, they are still the best place to to trade Bitcoin options. Interesting. I'll have a look at that. It's an exchange been, from um, Amsterdam, which, what I think it's a plus as well, because on the other, on one hand, they right now they started to do full KYC, but on the other hand, I believe that uh, it's a bit more safer to play with options on a regulated exchange because with options, you have to keep your capital on the exchange. You cannot remove your mm -hmm. options from the exchange whenever you want. So it's better to to have this uh, third party trusted. <laughs> yes, um, it's not something I would ever use, uh, it, but I think there's going to be uh, a whole industry built around this and it's going to become pretty, pretty big. Um, certainly hedge funds and uh, you know, Wall Street 
firms will probably be looking at this kind of um, option. Yeah, there, there are some use cases, yeah, for, for, for options. For example, miners mm -hmm. uh, may want to use yes. them. So. Mine is very interesting. As an insurance, right? So mm -hmm. as on traditional markets. Yeah. Okay. Uh, possibly a conversation for another day, but um, thanks for bringing that to my attention. Very interesting. Um, so I want to take it back to the UX design. And we never got, uh, we never got into that kind of argument uh, around Bitcoin and Bitcoin's UX experience. Um, what, how do you feel about the argument that, you know, it's too clunky, it's too difficult, needs to be made better. And because you've, you've been around it, you've seen it grow from 2010 and you are a UX designer. So you, you, you have a very, very rounded opinion on this, I'm sure. Yeah. I'd love to, to get your and At the beginning, Bitcoin was too difficult to me. So, uh, so I definitely <laughs> I I can understand why people are talking about uh, UX design of like UX uh, of Bitcoin, user experience of Bitcoin. But at the same time, I think the first approach to the topic was a bit naive because we tried to make a technical aspects of Bitcoin more more approachable when in fact they should be completely hidden. I believe that for majority of people, for example, emails started to be really user-friendly with uh, stuff like iPad, for example, where you really don't know what is going on under the hood. <laughs> so with Bitcoin, I, I think it's the same. We really shouldn't uh, make people to understand how blockchain works um, and getting into this rabbit hole of uh, privacy and security and all of that should be hidden. If you want to be on a cutting edge and be the most private, the most secure, usually you will not be able to use uh, those user-friendly solutions because it's like a constantly changing horizon and you need to still learn new, new things. And there are always new um, attack surfaces and uh, you need to learn how to deal with that. So I think for majority of people, third party is a necessary component. And I also believe that I'm a big believer in freedom and privacy, and I love the cypherpunk movement. But on the other hand, I believe as a society, we're not a collective of completely separated individuals and using third parties is completely normal. Just it's good to have a choice and Bitcoin is, is a choice you can keep your money in your bank, you can keep your money uh, in gold, but now you can also keep your money in Bitcoin. So it's just a matter of freedom and choice. And as long I've, I've, as you have a choice, uh, using third party is completely fine. And I think the perfect user experience uh, in Bitcoin is possible only with third parties uh, hiding the whole technical as aspect of it uh, from you. But on the other hand, I think mm, there will be a lot of solutions uh, in the middle that are a compromise, a nice compromise between uh, security, privacy, and having like have, keeping bitcoins on your own, but also hiding those more difficult aspects uh, from users. So I'm very looking forward to it. Yeah, it's it's. It's definitely one of those debates that uh, is going to rage for a, for a long time. But there's more and more people come into the space and literally just want to pick up a phone, hit a button, 
that's where we are, right? That they, they want to hit the button and and start their journey down the rabbit hole, basically. Uh, everything else follows. I think we all probably understand that. Uh, Bitcoin will soon pull you in the direction that you are most interested. Yeah, it's true. Like nobody knows how money works. Nobody knows how the bank work, works, right? So um, but with Bitcoin, it's the same. We should just uh, teach people that Bitcoin is just a new type of money. Here you have an app. Um, press this button and use Bitcoin, right? So even um, taking care of your mnemonics, I think... Uh, you are getting into this very geeky territory. Uh, I think it's easier to have a third party, maybe like Casa, for example, uh, that um, makes it easier for you. And look for some. Let's look for some compromises, like like Casa, where you have a third party company uh, making the process easier for you, but still. Um, like keep like making it so users have a control over their coins. Yeah, that's the key. Excuse the pun, but it is right. You, yeah. If you if you're gonna if you're gonna build that service, you've you've got to like the the user has to have control. Yeah, I think so. But as, as I as I said, it's it's impossible to build a society where we are completely independent. We are related to each other in many ways, and uh, we are codependent in many ways. On the other hand, Bitcoin is this uh, amazing tool that allows you to have a choice. And I think that's a big power. Right, let's get um, let's get on to uh, the, the next subject. Um, I, I don't think, I mean, well, where, where do you feel like in the last, 10 years or so that um, you, you've been following this space, where do you feel as though you've been pulled personally? Obviously, you've been pulled to build a project and, and uh, you, you're currently working on Delta Badger. But is there anywhere else like within your life? I mean, or you're already living in a different country, so something else has, has, has changed there. Um, is there anything you can put your finger on? Yeah, I think I see this tendency that people want to contribute. Uh, they are creating podcasts like like yours, and they are creating projects. They are evangelizing on Twitter. <laughs> That's great. I think this this is something very powerful in this community that people are exciting about Bitcoin, and they are very devoted sometimes. That's amazing. I think right now Bitcoin is really getting a normal thing for many people and it's just a part of the picture of the part of the global economy will i think we'll see more and more of that and with that i see i think uh, it's necessary that the excitement is will kind of uh, be gone soon it's just another thing on the financial market so um yeah that's i think Maybe unfortunately, but I think this is the future that Bitcoin will become this conservative thing uh, that is not really so exciting. And I think from the beginning of Bitcoin, uh, people were always attracted to new projects, new thing like alt, new altcoin, right? I think um, it's unavoidable that people are looking for new things all the time, but for Bitcoin to succeed, it must become a bit boring. Right. <laughs> yes. Well, 
Not in the next couple of years, I don't think. We've got a... a Not yet. We have still a few years to go when it comes to excitement. Yeah, for sure. And um, well, I know I know what you mean, though. I know I, I think people have put out before tweets along the lines of imagine in 10 years when we'll all be saying to ourselves, remember when Bitcoin Twitter was fun or like, you know, it's like because it will be like it, it will become very, very much a part of everyday life, which is what we see. It's what makes it so fun and exciting right now that people are looking five to 10 years out and seeing the change it's going to make. It's a beautiful um, community. It's a beautiful time. And I think there will be a lot of nostalgia. Yes, for sure. But th- you made a point there about people being pulled to to contribute. And just a, a personal anecdote, uh, a friend of mine, class of 2020, started going down the rabbit hole very recently, perhaps six weeks ago. Uh, of course, read the Bitcoin standard like uh, like many people do. That's the first thing I point people towards in a, a few different podcasts. And he was on the phone with me the other day. He's like, right, this is what I'm thinking. We start a, a group, a Bitcoin support group that is going to start. So he's already giving back. He's, he's just brand new. And so he started dollar cost averaging and now onto, right, okay, how do I make a difference in this space? How do I help people? And that, to me, shows again the 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 speed at which people are able to grasp Bitcoin now. It's night and day. I mean, if you remember, like when you said you first saw it back in 2010, 2011, you started buying in 2016. It that's takes a long time. time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> now people are doing that in a matter of days or weeks. And that is, of course, down to yes, we have the apps, and yes, we have exchanges that have you know been tried and tested. Uh, but we we have this also this community of people like you, like me, like other podcasters, like the guys that are writing articles that have put so much back in. That's making the biggest difference. That's true, and I think um, money has this property that people are getting really emotional about it sometimes and Bitcoin is just a form of money and we see in Bitcoin community we see different tribes so and they are fighting sometimes but for me it means that Bitcoin is important and it's completely fine yes for sure you wanted to talk about as well um, the episode that uh, that you listened to that I did with uh, with Fry Haas because you said something that he said resonated with you very, very deeply and you wanted to kind of explore that. Yeah, he used the religion metaphor. He said that Bitcoin is a religion and I really, I agree with that, but I think it's a great metaphor, but as a metaphor, it has some limitations. So I find myself a maximalist, but I think my maximalism is Descriptive, not prescriptive. So for me, Bitcoin is money and money is a protocol. And with protocols, it does make sense to have one, to settle on one. And I think we will settle on one and I think we do, and it's Bitcoin. But on the other hand, I don't think we should say other protocols are evil. Um, If it's not how the market works. It's not how human psychology uh, works. We are curious creatures. We are 
we like to play with other things. Uh, we like to like to experiment, experiment in, we like to make mistakes and it's perfectly fine to make mistakes. It's not wrong. Um, and I think that, uh, for example, if you want to invest in cryptocurrencies, my recommendation is to keep majority of investment in Bitcoin because it makes sense. It, it does make sense. But on the other hand, if you want to have, uh, if you want to buy some Litecoin or Monero or other coin, why not have fun? Just don't be reckless. Keep majority of uh, your investment in Bitcoin. But I see nothing wrong in being interested in other projects. Just uh, be careful. <laughs> and <laughs> when it comes when it comes to uh, this religion metaphor, I think that if people are getting too maximalist, um, it may put other people off a bit, and um, it may be not the best strategy to. Um, invite more people into the space for some it may work as, uh, but not for everybody i think and you mentioned before i think it was back in 2017 you were getting asked every week by new people you know how do i buy some bitcoin have you felt that as that started happening again in your personal day-to-day definitely not not yet uh, i don't see that at all i think right now uh, institutional investors are buying, but regular people are completely not interested in Bitcoin yet. So last time at the beginning, when, when I was uh, getting into Bitcoin, uh, I was really evangelizing among my friends. I was <laughs> trying to convince my friends to, to buy some. And later on, I stopped because I've seen that uh, people are doing really strange things. Like they were buying on one week, uh, saying that, oh yeah, I'm a long-term investor, but they were selling on the next week because the Bitcoin, I don't know, grew 100% on fell down. So I decided to stop completely. Uh, and whenever somebody approached me with this question, I was usually recommending dollar cost averaging, but um, just uh, saying that be careful, invest a little bit every every week. And also I started to advise, just learn about Bitcoin, just uh, buy some and play with it. Just be like, get yourself comfortable with that. Um, and I think it's uh, the best approach when you start uh, investing in Bitcoin is learn about it first and maybe buy a small amount of Bitcoin and try to make a transaction, see how it works. It's a good place to start. And then dollar cost averaging is, uh, I think, a good advice. So what exchanges have you managed to plug into so far with, with Delta Badger? Where, where can people go and start using the service? Yeah, right now the platform works with Kraken and Binance and Bitbay. The last one is usually, it's only there because it accepts Polish uh, currency and I wanted to be available for Polish customers because I'm from Poland. I love Kraken. I think it's the best place to go. Um, Binance is uh, popular and it's available in many countries where Kraken is not. So I want to focus on those two right now uh, because supporting your exchange is, uh, has some maintenance costs. Right now, we're also working on implementing BitSoids because uh, it's a Mexican exchange, but it's very popular in Latin America. And in Latin America, they don't have, right now, 
right now they don't have any dark cost averaging product like this. So I think it's a good way to offer Delta Badger for them. But yeah, I think I will what? stick to that uh, for uh, for a while. What was the name of the exchange in Mexico? Uh, it's Bitso. It was recommended to me by a couple of people. And I think this exchange uh, also, it seems to be legit. Uh, it wasn't hacked so far. And I think it's the most popular exchange in Latin America. So uh, so yeah, we are, we, are, okay. we are working on adding that. So, so how, how do you spell it? B-I-T? Bitso, B-I-T-S-O. So, bit so okay, all right, cool. For anybody listening in that part of the world that might be looking at uh, at setting something up, so <clears throat> let's say somebody has an an account at one of these exchanges already. How would they access Delta Badger and start their dollar cost averaging, fiat cost averaging, Daniel? Fiat cost averaging, <laughs> fiat cost averaging, right? Because on Bitso, it will be possible in Mexican pesos. So. <laughs> right, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, <lucky>. so <laughs> first you, you need to have an uh, exchange account. And then there is really step-by-step -step instruction on the platform. Uh, so it's a bit too uh, too specific to to describe it on, on, on air right now but I think uh, it's pretty easy to follow. This experience with connecting your, uh, your exchange using API keys is a bit geeky, but I tried to do this in a simplest way possible. And so far people didn't really have a problem with, with using that. So I think uh, it's approaching a good way right now. And uh, people shouldn't uh, have a problem with uh, adding uh, Delta Badger to the accounts. Okay, so it's just a case of where if you've got an account at one of the places you mentioned, Kraken or Binance, for example, just clicking on. Would there be a button for for Delta Badger for them to click on and then go and explore it and just follow the follow the instructions? If you have an ex if you have an exchange account and if you log into Delta Badger, there is a step by step instruction how to do this. Um, you need to basically basically you need to generate keys on your Kraken or Binance account and copy those keys into the copy paste those keys into the into Delta Badger and that's it. Then you, you can okay. set your schedule, your desired schedule, and press play. Uh, we have a fun button that looks a bit like a, like a player, and the bot is working. And that's it. So you, you sign up and uh, make an account with Delta Badger. Take the, uh, you generate the keys at your exchange, put them to Delta Badger, and the bot will just dollar cost average for you. And yeah, if you have an account already. If you have an account, yes. usually you have some experience with trading. As as we know, ninety percent of traders are not profitable. So, right. <laughs> uh, if you had some experience with trading, you think, okay, it's not for me, but you still have this account. Then you can do something useful with that. That's very cool, man. And I, I know you said, um, well, where, where does this go from now? Like. How do you hope to to build it out, or are you just in kind of wait and see phase? What what's what's where are you right now with the project? 
Yeah, so it seems like a simple project, but there are still uh, some things to improve. For example, um, usually those ideas are coming from users. Like for example, when they stop bot and change settings, uh, there are different uh, ways it may work. Like for example, should it continue the original schedule uh, or should it start like, or should it start uh, the new schedule right now or maybe just finish the last, counting before starting the schedule and stuff like this. So users are kind of confused. Sometimes they have good ideas uh, how to fix, uh, how to improve things. So we are still improving the basic functionality of the Oracle Severaging. I think it's getting better and better all the time, but I'm trying to go beyond that. Right now we are working also on uh, things like, for example, showing uh, some vis- visualization of um, your current exchange account with some chart, how it uh, changes over time. So it will be like a nice interface uh, to manage your whole account. Also right now, for example, uh, it's not possible to connect two accounts from one exchange and it will be possible soon. So there's a lot of small things still to improve uh, just related to the cost averaging itself. But I have ideas for different um, tools uh, for the future. People want to have um, tools uh, like uh, some kind of alerts, uh, some kind of automated uh, withdrawals, for example, and stuff like this. So it's a long list of potential features. Uh, I want to focus on tools for um, risk position and money management. I don't want to offer strategies. I don't want to offer trading bots uh, promising to beat the market. Uh, But if you have an exchange and want to implement your strategy there, uh, it may be dollar cost averaging, it may be something else. Uh, I think uh, Delta Badger will be the place to have some nifty tools for that. If it does make sense. (laughs) I think, I think Marty, and and the freaks are probably thinking, do you have a front run Matto Dell button that you can just uh, stack right be- right before Matto Dell's weekly stack? Or uh, they've been talking about that, having a bit of fun over on uh, TFTC. <laughs> yeah, the interesting thing is uh, with Delta Badger, you can do cost averaging in and out. So right now everybody is about buying, but as we remember during the last uh, cycle when Bitcoin was close to 20,000, nobody know when to sell. And the answer is also that you can uh, dollar cost averaging out uh, or rather Bitcoin cost averaging them. And you can use the same automation tool to um, slowly sell um, your Bitcoin if you really have to, right? So it may be also a good strategy um, later on. Yeah, that's an interesting one, which Friar brought up as well in in that episode that uh, that I referenced earlier. Right, man. I, I think we've we've covered a, a ton of stuff there. Is there anything that we've we've missed out? I don't think so. Uh, yeah, we can talk, you know, about Bitcoin for as many hours as we want. It's a it's a fascinating <laughs> space, fascinating topic. Uh, I think Bitcoin is a very powerful meme. That's why it's so interesting. We have great memes on Twitter. Uh, we have great community. So there is infinite number of topics we can we can go into. But I think it's okay to to be done for now. But we can we can do it la- later sometime. 
Absolutely. Always happy to talk about Bitcoin. And well, what books or where, where do you point people to that, that first come into the space and are yeah, That's a tricky question. That's a tricky question because I'm in the space from the beginning and I consumed really like a lot of content. So definitely Andreas Antonopoulos was uh, one of those uh, Bitcoin evangelists uh, explaining Bitcoin really well um, in a non not necessarily technical way. So I think it's a good place to start uh, with Andra's videos. I think it's still a good place to start. Andra's has this ability to convey the Bitcoin message in a very attractive way, I guess. But on the other hand, I think I'm so long in the space that I may not be objective and I may have, um, I'm not sure if my advice will be the best for new people. Maybe now there are, better creators. For example, the podcast space is really interesting. Uh, there's a lot of going on, I, I'm, but I'm not able to follow everything. I know that, for example, what Bitcoin, what Bitcoin did podcast is uh, the biggest in the space right now. Um, probably there are many other interesting things. I think Bitcoin is such a complex topic that you just need to start and read and watch and uh, listen and it's a rabbit hole. It's, yes, it truly is. Well, Jan, I always ask one question on the show uh, towards the end of the episode, and it is, if you had one orange pill left to give to someone, who would you give that to and why? That's an interesting question. Um, let me see. Yeah, so I'm from Poland, so I would give it to the Polish... Uh, central bank uh, banker <laughs> <laughs> to get Maybe him to on buy board bitcoin yes <laughs> to get to get poland on a bitcoin standard yes absolutely let's go on the bitcoin standard that'll be uh that'll be pretty incredible and i don't know whether you've listened have you listened to my episode yet with um adam kovnatsky the the heavyweight boxer from poland polish born heavyweight boxer I don't know the guy. Uh, okay, I will. I will listen to that. Yeah, I think you'd love that, and uh, you guys should definitely connect. You'll be able to connect on Twitter, I'm sure. Uh, he okay. had, you know, an interesting story about uh, growing up in in Poland um, under communist regime and uh, getting the pretty much. The, I think the they they want his family won a lottery to win a green card to to get to the U.S. when he oh, was yeah. seven. And now he's a heavyweight boxer and he's trying to become the champion heavyweight boxer of the world, first Pol first Polish born. And um, it's, a, it's a great, great interview. And I definitely urge you to go and check it out because I think you'd connect, obviously, from a, um, uh, well, not only just a Bitcoin point of view, but both being from the same country and experiencing the same I definitely things. Will. Okay, man. Well, it's been great getting to know you, Jan, and learning about Delta Badger and everything that you're doing, how can people come and find you? And if they if they can help you out in any way, is there any way anyone can reach out and help out? Are you looking for any help at the moment with uh, with the project? Yeah, so I'm easy to find on Twitter, um, K-L-O-S on Twitter. So 
pretty easy to remember. And I'm always happy to talk about Bitcoin and stuff. Uh, just I'm pretty approachable. I'm also on Telegram. If you can visit uh, visit my Twitter profile, there's also a link to my website, to the Delta Budget website. And then on the Delta Budget website, there's a link to, to our Telegram group. So yeah, I'm pretty approachable. So if you have any questions about my product or if you want to help or if you want to just talk about Bitcoin and stuff, I'm always there. That's amazing, man. Well, thank you so much, Jan. Really appreciate you coming on and all the best with Delta Badger. Let's hope uh, this takes off as, uh, as we enter into this new bull run, bull cycle, which I think is going to be crazy this year. To the moon. To the moon. <laughs> Thank you, Jan. Thanks for having me. Hey guys, thank you for listening and thank you, Jan, for coming on the show and sharing your project of Delta Badger with us. If you guys are interested, you've got to check this out because if you are on an exchange, um, so Delta Badger app at the moment works with Binance, BitBay, and Kraken. And uh, as Jan was saying, it's a, an easy setup. It's like five minutes to set up. And you can go and start uh, playing around with that on these um, platforms and set up your dollar cost average through the exchange that you're using, which is uh, a really cool feature. And I hope more exchanges, if anyone's listening out there, can reach out to Jan to see if this would be a suit for, for your service as well, because there's definitely a need for more fiat cost averaging into Bitcoin. We have great companies doing it, but if you're already set up on an exchange and using that, and you didn't know this plugin was available, Go check it out. I think it's a brilliant project. And uh, thanks again, Jan, for coming on. Uh, pretty short show, this one. And that's no disrespect to Jan. He and I, we had about an hour and a half conversation a few weeks before this one. And we kept chatting after recording on this one as well. Uh, really cool to get to know him. Been in a space a long time, but just quietly building. And I love that. And with his user experience, um, his UX designer background, I think there's going to be great things ahead for, for this project and anything else he puts his mind to. So make sure you go check out uh, at Delta Badger app and reach out to Jan himself. He's definitely open to connecting with as many people as possible in the community, helping you guys understand how this works and get you set up and further your education in, uh, in, this, in this journey into, into Bitcoin. So thanks, everybody, for listening to the show. Coming towards the end of the year, when this goes live, we'll be coming up towards uh, the end of 2020. Been a crazy year. I was actually on a call with uh, <laughs> a few Bitcoiners last night, uh, some of the 21ism guys, and, uh, and John Vallis. And John, John said, you know what? I, I kind of like sit back and I think, wow, 2020 has been such an amazing year. And I guess for Bitcoiners, it's been a one of those roller coasters. Um, being in this space has just been such a crazy, crazy ride. And here we are at new all-time highs, or as I like to call it, new all-time price floor, because it's only upwards and onwards from here. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, swanbitcoin.com forward slash bitten for supporting the show out of the U.S., 
Really appreciate you guys tuning in over there. If you've not started stacking with Swan yet, make sure you use that code forward slash bitten. It will get you a free 10 bucks and Swan will hold your hand. Thanks to the original sponsors of the show that have been with me very, very early into this journey after Obi came on. That's at Obi. He's the CEO of coinfloor.co.uk forward slash bitten, where you can go and start auto buying into Bitcoin on a Bitcoin only exchange in the UK. Also, thanks to all the plebs, all the hornets, everyone who's retweeting and sharing and commenting. It's, uh, it's very touching, goes a long way, keeps this project going, moving forward and attracting more and more guests. So really appreciate it. Have a great one, guys. Thank you so much. Look forward to the next show. Take care.